took me in and they showed me the way of Christianity. They not only preached it, but they discipled me and showed me how to live it. But later on, I found out that God's solution for my mess, when one mom wasn't enough, he gave me another mom. And so now they've ganged up on me. And now I'm getting married in a month, hallelujah. And God's trying to give me another one. And so now there's three against one. And so I'm going to need help from God to get through this. But that was God's solution. And this morning, Isaiah 66 and verse 13, and the word of God reads like this. Well, let's start in 12. For thus says the Lord, so we know it's God speaking. For thus says the Lord, behold, I extend peace to her like a river. He's talking about his people, Jerusalem. I extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream and you will be nursed. You will be carried on the hip and fondled on the knees. In verse 13, as one whom his mother, somebody say mother, as one whom his mother comforts. And I think uh, the word of God is very specific. And the writer of the scriptures, the prophet God they're not ignorant. There's a reason they put mother there. Because how many of you know that mothers have a special way of comforting that dads just don't have? I remember growing up, I would get hurt and my mom would come hug me and kiss my boo-boo and put a band-aid on it and make me some ice cream. And my dad would walk by and say, just throw some dirt on it. Quit babying him. Throw some dirt on it and let it heal. Because that's the daddy's way of comforting. So it's very specific the prophet is saying, and maybe he remembers how his mother comforted him, but this is the illustration God gives us to show the way he comforts his people. He says, as one whom his mother comforts, as his mother loves, so I will comfort you, so I will love you, and you will be, somebody say, I will be, comforted. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to honor my father and mother today. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word before these people, God. Lord, I pray that your anointing begins to just do a work in the heart of the people here this morning, Father. I pray, God, you allow me to share your word and let it be your word, not my opinion. Let it be your word, God, and let it bring about a harvest in the hearts of the people here at Victory Life. And I thank you for the mothers in my life, God. I thank you for my, my mother, my spiritual mother, my future mother-in-law, God. Lord, I, I just thank you for these women being in my life and showing me what it looks like to be a real mother, a real woman of God. God, I thank you for these people. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. So it's Mother's Day. Amen. It's Mother's Day. And so, like Pastor was saying, I started to kind of get nervous and, and I felt the pressure because Mother's Day is a big day. You know, Mother's Day is a big day. You got Christmas, you got Easter, you got Mother's Day. And I started thinking about it and dwelling on it. And I finally caught on that Pastor wants me to preach because I am a mama's boy. You know, I got my mother growing up. I got my spiritual mother and I loved him so much. I nicknamed my dog Mama's, right? <laughs> That's how much of a mama's boy I am. I nicknamed my dog Mamas, Mamas, because I am a Mamas boy. So my title this morning is Confessions of a Mamas Boy. Because this morning, I'd like to confess some stuff from the standpoint of a Mamas boy. A son who loves his mothers. 
A son who loves his mama. A son who is grateful for the mothers God has given me in my life. I am too blessed. Amen. Amen. And the Bible goes on to say to honor thy father and the mother. And thus your life will be long. The days of your life will be long. So this morning I'm going to honor the mothers in my life. And the scripture in 66, 13, it says God begins to comfort his people like a mother comforts her children. And I think everyone in here can agree that there's a special way that a mother knows how to comfort her children. And as this skit, this this video was portraying, I believe the first uh, uh, illustration of God's love, God's grace, God's mercy in my life was my mother. I could look at the way my mom comforted me. I could look at the way my mom loved me and the way she nurtured me, the way she helped me grow, the way she helped me become who I am today. And I see the love of God working through her. You see, motherhood is just an illustration of God's comfort, God's grace. In the beginning, in the garden, God said he created male and female in his image. So these characteristics that a mother possesses, the comfort, the nurturing, the love, these are characteristics that God birthed inside the woman for motherhood, to mother the children, to mother the sons, to mother the daughters. And sometimes a father doesn't possess these characteristics. Amen? And God comforts his children. How does he comfort his children? Well, he comforts his children through his spirit. He comforts his children through his word. And believe it or not, saints, he comforts his children through his people. And so sometimes we feel like God's forsaken us and we're we're mourning and we're in time of depression. We're going through stuff and we're like, where is the comfort of God? Well, the comfort of God is all around you. The comfort of God comes through his spirit. The comfort of God comes through his word and it comes through his people. Me and Pastor was meeting with a young man yesterday as he was making his way out. And Pastor's only um, problem with this young man and his decision making was he began to shut off the counsel of God in his life. He said, you know what? I'm not going to go to my plans with my pastor, my leaders, or people in the church. I'm going to make my own plans. And the Bible says in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Because you got to understand these people in this church in Victory Life, the leaders, the ushers, the church members, the pastor, this is the counsel of God for your life. God speaks through these people. He brings comfort through these people. He begins to bring a word from his word through these people for you. And so this is the way God comforts his people in the same way that a mother comforts her child. And some time ago there was a U.S.-based company and they placed a classified ad for a director of operations position. And they posted it online in many newspapers. And though 2.7 million people saw the ad, only 24 people inquired of the position. And the interviews were conducted via webcam where the interviewer details the requirements and the benefits of this position. Number one, it's 135 plus hours a week. Number two, there ain't no breaks. Number three, you got to have preferred degrees, which is in medicine, finance, culinary arts, and psychology. Number four, you get no vacations, and in fact, the workload increases on holidays. Can I get a witness? Number five, guess what? There's no pay that comes with this position. And I know this sounds like a minister's uh, work qualifications. Yeah, right? We can all relate, huh? But in fact, truly, this is the characteristics, this is the requirements to be a mother. 
You see, mother, it, it's a 24-7 job. You can't just uh, get tired of the kid and throw him off on the father, as we see, because those mom goggles aren't real. There is no mom goggles we can get the dads to do the mother's job. Oh, just 24-7, there's no breaks. And in fact, on holidays, you're working even harder. You're working even more. And so... In 1914, there was a a woman named Anna Jarvis, and she was a U.S. social activist of the early 20th century. And she was one of 13 kids of Anne and Granville Jarvis. She she was raised by watching her mother take care of 13 kids. 13 kids by the sweat of her brow. And so Anna noticed this growing up. She watched it growing up, so she wanted to do something publicly for her mother to recognize her publicly. And now, thanks to her efforts, every second Sunday in May since 1914 is a national day to honor our mothers. And in fact, today is that day to honor those who have reflected God's love and God's grace in our lives. But this morning, I'm going to be a little more specific. And I'm going to be talking about my mothers. And I just want to share some things that my spiritual mom, my mom, you know, have taught me growing up. Growing up spiritually, growing up uh, physically, maturing into the man that I am today. But surely all moms are unsung heroines who fulfill their God-given purpose without any public recognition. And they do it out of a heart of love. They do it out of a heart of love. But my mama taught me a lot of things growing up. She taught me about foresight. Even to this day, she teaches me about foresight. Things to come. She calls me and says, you better brush your teeth. And you better use your Listerine, lest your teeth fall out like your dad's. She's still teaching me about foresight. I'm 26 years old and I'm still getting calls about mouthwash. Mama taught me about coming to maturity. You better eat your vegetables or you'll never grow up, boy. She taught me about prayer. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. She taught me about patience and helped me with patience. You just wait till your dad gets home. She taught me about perseverance. You're going to sit here until you explain how paintballs got on the neighbor's car. She taught me about perseverance. She taught me about contradictions. At an early age, I learned about contradictions. She would tell me all the time, I don't want to hear it. Shut your mouth and tell me the truth. I don't think I can shut my mouth and tell the truth, Mom. (laughs) Shut it and tell me the truth. She even taught me about genetics. God, you're just like your father. Even my spiritual mom hits me with that. I'm like, gosh, you're just like your pastor. She taught me about genetics. My mama taught me about principles of the Bible. I remember growing up at an early age. She would constantly tell me, one day you're going to reap everything you sow You're going to reap, you're going to reap, you're going to reap. She taught me about God's principles in the Bible. She even often used a lot of words out of the Bible. Heathen and hell. She was very biblical growing up. I learned a lot of things from the Bible growing up. She even taught me about the circle of life. Sometimes you can't even get that in school. She said, son, I brought you into this world and I will surely take you out. Yeah, I learned a lot of things growing up, so I praise God for my mother. That's funny, it's true. 
But most of all, on top of all this learning, off all this education that my mother has given me, all the revelation, I never, you know, just the word heathen over and over growing up. My mama exemplified how God loves me. Not only did she share it with me, but she showed me, my mother, my spiritual mother, how God loves me. I can, I can look at their life, and it's a physical representation to just touch the way that God loves us. It's just a little bit of taste of the way God loves us. You see, a mother's love towards her children, it's unmatched by anything else in creation but one. And that's the way God loves us. And so if you ever wonder, how does God love me? Or you get insecure, does God love me? Or you have any doubts or unbeliefs? Really, you can look at the relationship of a mother and a son to see the way God loves us. You see, a mother is a teacher, a disciplinarian, a cleaning lady, a gardener, a cook, a nurse, a doctor, a psychologist, a counselor, a chauffeur, a coach, a developer of personality, a molder of vocabulary, a shaper of attitude, and in fact, the first impression of God's love on a child's life. And I believe we can better understand how God feels about us by examining how our mothers love us. You see, God is the one who has given the mother the ability to love in the way she loves. For the Bible says in, the, in Jeremiah, he says, before you were in your mother's womb, I formed you and I knew you. And so ultimately, we are God's creation. And so God specifically picks a mother to put his creation in for her to be a steward over that child's soul. You see, a mother and a father are only stewards of God's creation. And God has given a mother an innate ability to comfort a child when he's hurting, to love a child when nobody else loves, to be there when nobody else is there, to really just exemplify God's grace and his love and his mercy towards us. And I'm going to confess some stuff this morning. This my title, Confessions of a Mama's Boy. I'm going to confess a few things that I've come to know about God by the way my mother loves me. You see, I developed a better understanding of God's love by examining the way my mother loves me. And number one, mama always saw the best in me. Go to 1 Samuel 16, 7. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Try to get through this without being sentimental. And the word of God reads... And we know that this is when the sons of Jesse were lined up and, and the prophet Samuel was coming to anoint the next king. And he come and he looked at the strongest and he said, that's not him. And he looked at the oldest and he said, that's not him. And he looked at the wisest and he said, that's not him. All the people that would have the qualifications of being the next king, the Samuel said, God said, none of these are it. And then when Jesse said, well, I only got one more son. And we know that that is King David who becomes the king. But King David, you know, he didn't have the qualifications that his brothers have. And this is when we get a principle of the way God loves us right here. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance. Don't look at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. And in the same way growing up, I was a heathen. I was a wild child. 
My parents would get calls from my third grade teacher and she's professing that she's quitting because she's not going to be in the same room as me. Yeah, it was that teacher's first year and I was in there. That was her first student. She never wanted to teach nothing else again. But mama always saw the best in me. When everybody else saw a wild child, a heathen, a drug addict, a no good for nothing, a troublemaker, a criminal, mama always saw the best in me. She didn't look at my actions. She didn't look at my outward. She didn't look at my, 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 my decisions I made because she was looking at my heart. Because she knew little Zacharu growing up, she knew he was still in there. But God just had to have, grab a hold of my life to get him back out. You see, from the ages of uh, uh, right when I was born to two years old, my mama said I was a perfect little baby. So beautiful, so amazing, just the greatest baby, the greatest infant. But then she said, then Zachariah hit his terrible twos, and he never came out. <laughs> Until the age of 19 when I got saved. And then it come back around in my life. You see, growing up, I wasn't the ideal child. I may have made good grades, right? I was the smart troublemaker. I was the kid who had a little uh, 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 brains, but still, you know, making, making trouble. Quote, unquote, as my mom often called me a heathen. But mama always saw the best in me. When she talked about me, no matter what I was doing, she always had something good to say. And if somebody was talking bad about me, it was about to be a price to pay around my mama. She always encouraged me and she always comforted me. Even when I was younger, and I used to tell my mom I hated her when I was younger. Mom, I hate you. She wouldn't give me some ice cream or something. I hate you. I hate you. Wouldn't let me go to the friend's house. I hate you. And even though I would verbally express how I felt at the time, she didn't keep that from seeing the best in me. You see, just because my maturity wasn't to the point where it needed to be, she didn't stop that from seeing who I could be. She, that didn't hinder her or stop her from seeing who I was going to become. You see, Mama always saw with God's lens. She saw because a lot of us, we come into church or we come in the home and we feel like, man, who we used to be, we're never going to be nothing. We can never be used by God. We got uh, uh, federal offenses. We got this. We got that. We, we burn these bridges. But that don't matter because God doesn't see as you are. God sees who you can become through his son, Jesus. That's the way God sees. And he brought me out to Victory Life where there was a man and a woman, Pastor Raymond and, and Heather Zypher, who didn't see me as the young boy uh, uh, with a mop on his head and, and, and a big beard and smelling like an ashtray. They saw me as a man of God and a preacher of the gospel and one day to be a pastor. That's how they saw me. They saw through the lens of God. And this is the same way Mama sees. And this is the same way God sees. God doesn't look on the outward. He doesn't look on the inside. He looks at our heart. God looks at our heart. You see, when the world can count you out, mama won't and God won't either. Everybody can count you out, but mama won't and God won't either. Because mama has the innate ability to never give up. God and mama see the best in you. Amen? And number two, growing up, Mama always defended me. She always defended me. Let me tell you what. You will see a whole new side of a mother when you threaten her child. 
they begin to draw from secret sources that no one even knew was there. And it's just a manifestation of God's security and God's protection. His divine defense that comes out in the mother when you begin to threaten her child. And in the same way, guess what? God is the same way with us. We are His children. We are His children. And the Bible says that God will go out like a mighty and terrible one, defeating all our enemies, defeating all our foes. He, he's, the, uh, King David said he's like a shield all around me that guards me from my trouble, that guards me from my enemies. You see, God isn't just going to let anybody tread over on you because you're his child. And I know mama seems to think she can control everything in your life. Amen. But ultimately, God really can control everything in your life. And so why feel threatened if you got God on your side? Luke 13, 34. And this is Jesus speaking, speaking to his soon-to-be children. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who is sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you wouldn't have it. Despite all this stuff that, that Jerusalem was doing, killing the prophets of God being sent, coming against the servants that were sent, doing all these horrible things, Jesus said, I still wanted to gather you under my wings like a hen gathers her brood, gathers her chicklets, Right? That's the same way God is with us. And God's not going to just let anybody mess with you. That's why you have to have the faith and the trust and just rely on Him and His Word. You see, providing protection for a mother's children, no matter the cost, is just one of many manifestations of God's love through a mother. As Ken opened up with that scripture where there was two women and they lived in the same house and one son died overnight, and the one mom took the other mother's son and they came before uh, King Solomon... Right? And King Solomon wisdom, that was the first time it was demonstrated. And King Solomon said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to cut this baby in half. And each of you can take a half of the baby. And remember the real mom stood up and she said, no, no, let her have the baby. Because the mother understood she would have to sacrifice her life with her in order for the kid to live. You see, a mother... She's going to provide protection no matter what the cost is to her for her children. If that means she has to give up time with her children so the children can live, then she'll do it. And it's the same way with God. There was only one way God could ultimately save us, and that's come down himself and hang on a cross and let his blood be poured out by a spear in his side and to wear a crown of thorns, be stripped of his clothes and spat upon and ridiculed and criticized because he wanted to save us the same way a mother saves her children. No matter the cost, God said, I will pull you under my wings, O Israel. And we know today that we are the spiritual Israel. As anyone that enters into the death of Jesus, hallelujah, will enter into the resurrection of Jesus. And that's us today. We enter in with Jesus and we're coming up with Jesus. Amen. But this is the same mentality that God had. He was tired of the devil messing with his children. He was tired of sin consuming his children. So he came down himself and despite the cost that it costed him, his own life, 
He chose us over His own life. And this is just a facet of God's love that's displayed through motherhood. And a mama always wants her children to be blessed no matter what the cost is. A mama always wants her children to be blessed. And God wants His children to have that same security. He wants His children to have that same security. But sometimes our maturity level in life isn't up to par. And God can't bestow on us everything He wants to bestow on us. Because when we get it, we're just going to mess it up. We're just going to I remember the, the second time I went to jail, the first time I went to jail, my mama got me out. But the second time I went to jail, and I was back in the population, and I made my phone call, and I said, when are you getting me out? She said, son, I love you, but I'm not getting you out. And it shocked me. And I remember I slammed the phone. Ah, I hate you. I slammed the phone. And I turned around, there's a line full of people that wanted to use that phone. And I learned real quick not to uh, show your aggression up in that place. Amen? But Mama didn't get me out. She still loved me, but she knew I had to go through this to learn a lesson that only life could teach me. And sometimes God is the same way. He has the ability and the power to get you out of some stuff. But he knows there's some stuff that you got to learn along the way by being in that situation. And because he loves you so much, he's going to allow you to go through that. Because ultimately, he wants to sanctify you and mature you to have the character of Christ in your life. And so you got to go through some things for God to really reveal himself to you in the way he wants to so you can grow and mature into who he wants you to be. God's love is infinite. It's everlasting. It's enduring to every generation. So just because he doesn't come through and pull you out of every heartache, every trial, every tribulation, that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. And in fact, it tears his heart to see his children to go through things. But he knows there's something you got to learn and you got to grow and you got to grab a hold of going through that trial. So go through it knowing that God has your back and God is with you. And God loves you. Amen. God wants our, his children to have the same security the way a mother does. And number three, mama never gave up on me. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Mama never gave up on me. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, it's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among who I am foremost of all. I'm the worst of the worst. Troubled child. I'm the worst of the worst. Chief of sinners. Keep going. Yet, that doesn't matter. Yet, for this reason, I found mercy. Thank you, Jesus. So that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience. His perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Aren't you glad that God's got perfect patience? Amen. <laughs> Some of us he's had a, a, a lot of perfect patience for. You see, my mama growing up, my spiritual mama, they've had patience, but it hadn't always been perfect. I remember growing up and getting a TV remote thrown at my head. 
Because I kept bugging my mom. You see, they've had patience, but it hadn't always been perfect. And that's just a, a little taste of the way God has patience with us, except His patience is perfect. He has perfect patience. Even though we may wrong Him, even though we may run away, even though we may do Him bad, He still has patience for us. And when the girlfriends gave up on me, mama still had love for me. When the friends let me down, mama didn't let me down. When the world used me up and spit me out, mama was there to provide everything I need. In the same way, this, was, this is how God is with us. You see, God used the way my mother cares and loves to demonstrate how he pursues me. To demonstrate how he pursues me. And if you think about it, mamas never give up. We think about the disciples of Jesus and, you know, his earthly 30 years and he had three years of ministry, right? And these three years of ministry from age 30 to 33, the disciples followed Jesus. They were there for the miracles. They were there for the healings. They were there for the demons getting casted out. They were there for all the public recognition of walking with Jesus. But when he got time for the cross, they all split, ran. And guess who was at that cross? Jesus' mama. Jesus' mama was at that cross. And she was looking at her son being crucified. Because when everybody else runs out of your life, mama's still there. Mama ain't going to give up on you. She's not going to forsake you. She's not going to try and use you up. Mama's going to stay there because she loves you and she cares about you. Mama and John the Beloved were at the cross, and you remember the last thing Jesus did? The last thing Jesus did before he went, he looked at John, and he said, John, this is now your mother. And he said, Mama, this is now your son. Because Jesus, even though he had a responsibility to take care of his mom, he had to fulfill the perfect will of God for his life. And so in order to fulfill the perfect will of God for his life, he had to set up somebody with his mom to take care of her in her latter years. You see, he didn't let any kind of family obligations or earthly responsibilities stop him from fulfilling the will of God. As we hear pastors say all the time, they, they come and they say, Jesus, Jesus, it's your mother, it's your father. And he said, shh. Don't try to manipulate my emotions or how I feel about people to get me to do something that contradicts the will of God for my life. For those who do the will of God is my family, is my fathers and my mothers and my sisters and my brothers, those who do the will of God. Because this life is temporary, saints. It's but a mere vapor. And believe it or not, there is eternity. And you're going to spend two places in eternity, either a devil's hell or ever heaven eternally in God's presence. But you got to be eternally minded. Amen? you got to be eternally minded. He didn't let any earthly obligations stop him from fulfilling the will of God. Nothing. He had an eternal mindset. And he knew that was his obligation. He knew that was his responsibility. That's why that was, he was on the cross. And he said, Mother, that's your son now. John, that's your mother. Take care of her, for I have to fulfill the will of God. Amen. Even when my mama had to let go of me, she never quit loving me. Amen. Being in jail, she was so glad to come pick me up when I got, got released. Because she loved me. But she understood there were some things I had to go through. 
to grow, to mature. And it's the same way God with His children. It's the same way. Number four, God, uh, Mama always encouraged me. John 14. John 14, verses 15 through 18. This is Jesus. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I love that scripture. Because a lot of people today, you know, have legalistic views on Christianity or, or, you know, they come and they get trapped by religion, but they never experience a real relationship with Jesus, right? But Jesus is saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Because a lot of people think they got to keep his commandments because they got to show everybody that they love him. But that's not how it works. (laughs) No, the Bible says, if you love me, if you love God, you will automatically keep his commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And he goes on to say, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Keep going. Going to 18. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Thank you, Jesus. We know who he's talking about. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And a lot of times, you know, I remember growing up, my mom always trying to encourage me. Son, you're smart. You know, even though I maybe uh, uh, have a bad grade or something, son, you're smart. Or maybe I'd have somebody from another school beat me in a track race. You're faster. You know, or in football, you're stronger. She would always encourage me. And I I would always brush it off because I'm like, ah, you're just saying that because you're my mom. So I didn't really, it didn't really hold, you know, I didn't believe in it. You're just saying that because you're my mom. And sometimes that's what we do to God in Christianity. We come in the house of God and somebody gives us wisdom from the word of God. And we say, oh, that's just a religious cliche. You're just saying that because you're a Christian. No, we're saying that because this is the word of God. And it has power. And the word of God doesn't lie. Delight yourself in his presence and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not just a religious cliche. It's the word of God. And this is the same way God encourages us through His Word, through His Spirit, through other people. But sometimes because of our insecurities, because of our doubt, because of our unbelief, we shut off the counsel of God and we say, you're just saying that because you're a Christian. You're just saying that because you're a pastor. You're just saying that because, because you're just trying to edify me. No, we're saying it out of a heart of love. We're sharing the Word of God with you because the Word of God is real and it will manifest in your life. But you've got to have faith and believe in it. Worship team, you come up. So God and Mama always encouraged me. Number five. Mama always loved me and always will love me. And in the same way, God always loved me and always will love me. Romans 5, 8. The word of God reads, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. You see, while we were sinners, that's where we at. That's where we were at in our life when, when God's love was demonstrated to us. We weren't preaching the gospel. We weren't, you know, good morally people. We didn't have everything together. You know, we weren't doing right. 
We weren't just pleasing to man and pleasing to God. It says, but God demonstrated his love while we were sinners. While we were broken people. Wicked on the inside. Immoral on the inside. This is when God's love was demonstrated to us. Because it's easy to love somebody that loves you. It's easy to do good for somebody that does good to you. But this is not where God's love stops. God's love goes even further. It's agape. It's unconditional. It's infinite. It's internal. It's everlasting. And while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love to us through Jesus. There is no person that God no longer wants. So tell that devil to get on out of here. There is no person that God doesn't love, so tell that devil to get out of here. There is no person who has made too many mistakes for God's love to reach them. Get out of here. God loves you. Well, why? Because he loves you. That's why. God loves you because he loves you. We begin to have a cynical view on God and think there's a motive why he loves me. No, he loves you because he loves you. He loves you. That's his heart. You know, God didn't want a bunch of robots. He didn't want a bunch of robots. Yes, I love you, God. I will pray. I will read my word. I will share your gospel. That's not what he wanted. God, ever since the beginning, you know what God wanted? He wanted sons and he wanted daughters. Because being a son, there's nothing that forces me to love my mother. Nobody forces me to love my mother. I love my mother because I choose to love my mother. She's my mother and I'm her son. And in the same way God, the way God loves us and he chooses to love us, God wants us to choose to love him. He wants sons and daughters. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses 4 through 6. And the word of God reads. It says, love is patient. Love is kind, and it is not jealous. Love does not brag, and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not take into the account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in truth. And as we share that scripture, who comes to mind? mama because the love that God has for us is displayed in motherhood the way a mother loves a child and so when I read this scripture I think about my mother amen and I wanted to spend this morning not getting real deep and real spiritual wasn't trying to give you a bunch of principles that you could apply to your life and, and tap into another level with God but I wanted to use the floor this morning to honor my mother and to show you that God's love is displayed through motherhood. And so this morning, if you have the ability 
to thank your mother, to hug your mother, to tell your mother you love her, do it today. Because it's Mother's Day. And if you don't have the ability, then pray for your mother. Pray for your mother because the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And you may not be able to tell your mother you love her, but you sure can hit your knees and pray for her. And you mothers, don't feel condemned today if you haven't always been the perfect example. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. God loves you. Amen. But today is the day, Mother's Day, that, that nationally we honor our mothers. We spend a little more time loving on our mothers. So if you would stand to your feet. This altar is going to be open if you just want to come hit your knees. Pray for anything specific. Pray for your mother. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for everything you're doing here at Victory Life. I thank you for the mothers that you're raising up, God. I thank you for the mother of the house, Mama Heather. I thank you for my mother, God. I thank you, Lord, for using these women in my life to comfort me, to nurture me, to help me to grow into who I am today.